Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to What's Brewing, a show where we can say whatever we want, a sports show where you can say whatever you want. How novel of a concept is that? But that's what we're here to do for you. We will give you that opportunity for the next two hours. Give us a call, 646-929-2192, or email us at whatsbrewingshow at AOL.com. The show starts now. Headblade, fuck yeah.
Georgie? It's too late to say you're sorry 
All right, kids. Sorry for the technical difficulties we've been having all night. Hopefully it's now working. We're trying our best effort to make this work. They're not making it super simple for me. So, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Coach Kevin from Superfans.com. Superfans shirt. Superfans has Boston's best t-shirts. Uppercase B's for the adults and lowercase B's for the kids. You see our street hustlers at your favorite event or you shop with us at Superfans.com. At Superfans, we're just like you. We take pride in our town and support the best our teams have to offer. Listen to your New England soul. Visit Superfans.com and say hello next time you see us around town. We make Boston's best t-shirts for New England's best fans. Superfans! Superfans is a proud sponsor of Dirty Water TV. This is Alice Cooper for R.A.D.D. There's a lot of things we have no control of in this world, but that's not the case with drunk driving. If you're going to drink, don't drive. Think ahead and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives on and so should you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Ago, they wouldn't have all turned into douchebags. 
I am not. You a know, fan. I have. I'm not going to lie. I have. I. I fully believe once they became a liberal outfit, they were all going to become douchebags. Yeah, like in the beginning, they were pretty good, and then all of a sudden, they just kind. Of, I don't know. They 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 think they're a little too cool than they really are, and all their stuff. To me, it's just very douchey. They've become. You know what the sad part is? They've become that way. Like, there's like, I love Big Cat. I love uh, PFT. I'm cool with. But um, some of those guys, like Portnoy, I'm I can't take anymore. Yeah, he. I've always hated him. And then what? What really turned me off officially was not long ago he did his little, you know, one bite pizza bullshit challenge oh. with with Stone Cold. And he came out in, in the vest. He was dressed up like Stone Cold. He dropped a beer in front of him. I mean, to me, it just seemed very disrespectful to do that in front of Stone Cold. Like, you can't just have a beer with the guy and, like, make it a cool segment. You have to dress up like him, almost like you're mocking him. And then, you know, rookie mistake, he dropped a beer in front of a king. And, I don't know, game over after that. Yes, but the fact that they got to do a pizza review with Stone Cold was still pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I mean that was he was going everywhere to promote his new show. I know. I, mean, I probably could have got him on my fucking show. Which was a good show. People. Oh yeah, you absolutely. know what? You you don't understand how hard that is. By the way, tremendous get on getting Rex Ryan. All right, um, before we uh, go any further, there, kid. Um, <laughs> joining us now is a wonderful yeah, human being. Who, <laughs> I should probably do that. Um, he's a wonderful human being. You have to be on the show four times to get your own robot introduction. So, you know. All right, I've got a couple more knocks, knocks on the uh, the bedpost to get here, huh? But that also means if I like join talking about balls, then you know it kind of like counts for two or something. I don't know. Um, Let's work that but, out. Absolutely. I know. He is the host of the Justin George Party podcast, talking about ball podcast, which you can download anywhere. Podcasts are downloaded. I've seen this kid grow up. I'm pissed off at him because he didn't invite me to his fucking wedding. <laughs> the only person I think that Cleveland is all right with, the great Justin George. How are you, buddy? I am great. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. Yes, I am uh, a, a two-podcast host. Uh, one is just a solo gig with just me, uh, you know, basically just me reviewing what's going on in the world and talking about current events and bullshit. And the other one is talking about balls. It's an all sports related podcast for the most part. Uh, we try to do a little national. We try to do, you know, a little bit of everything, but obviously it always, it always circles back to Cleveland because that's my bread and butter. Uh, yeah. And like George said, I have known George since I was, fuck, how old was I? 15 maybe. I think my first draft was. God damn. Yeah, like that. Yeah, so, probably, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 30 now. So that's <laughs> my life. Jesus. Stop yeah, making dude. me feel old, Justin. Jesus Christ. Don't blame me. Uh, and, yeah, you know, with the wedding thing, we're doing a destination wedding. We were keeping the numbers kind of low. I didn't think George would, would you know, want to go anyway, to be honest. I didn't think he'd be like, why the hell would I fly all the way to the Dominican to go to a wedding? Oh, because so. oh, I could fill up my humidor for nothing. I don't know why. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, lots, lots of shit going down in my life. Um <laughs> How are you, man? It's been a long time. <laughs> I'm married. Welcome to the land of the miserable. That I'm aware of. 
Uh, I mean, I've been in my relationship for 12 years, so I Jesus, the really? The miserable part, yeah. We are uh, since 2007. <clears throat> we, we so together. I broke up. So I broke up with one, and you got together with one in the same lifetime. Good for you, buddy. I appreciate yep. that. In a long time, uh, I made her made her really earn this ring. Yeah, that's how it should be. <laughs> it should be. Yeah, you're right. Um, don't don't say that too loud. My wife's like right behind me. Um, <laughs> you agree? Hey, you know what? Because I live in New York or near New York, and I had a deal with the. Um, Field goal, neck proposing to, dropping balls in the end zones, crying, pissing and moaning, son of a bitch. Hey, how do you like Odell? Uh, you know, uh, I love him, truth be told. He, do you really? He's a douche, dude. Yeah. Just wait. I love the guy. Just wait. He's a douche. You know, see, I don't think so. I, so far from what I've seen, the guy just strikes me as a guy he wants to win. And he he understands that he is a brand, and you can't knock him for that. He's he's a face of the NFL, and he understands <clears> if his team is winning, if he's playing successfully, that's only going to help his business, his brand. But at the same time, he 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 actually wants to win and be a good teammate. But he also understands that he's you know a face, so he gets frustrated when things don't go his way because if his team's losing, which he was starting to do with the Giants, they weren't very good. It it then lowers his value as a as a face. And I think he understands that. So he gets pissed off when they're not winning because he's giving his all. His teammates aren't. And he recognizes that as it's a collective group effort that's hurting him, hurting the team. So then, yeah, he goes a little, you know, off the rails. But I think it's, it's coming from a good place. You mean – you just said all that about the same guy who – chartered a boat a week before the playoffs started. You realize yeah. that? Okay. No, I, I understand that. I, don't get me wrong. That, that was a stupid, bad timing thing, but I also dealt with uh, Billy Manzel or whatever the hell his name was where he put on a Ric Flair wig and flew to Vegas the week, a night before a game that he was supposed to be inactive for because he was hurt. So mm-hmm. I dealt with some young players making terrible decisions, albeit you know nobody's done as bad as Manzel, but no. I think it was just a young mistake that Odell made, and I think if, you know, all things work out the way they should and the Browns end up a playoff team, I think you can pretty much guarantee Odell will not be doing things like that again before the first playoff game. I hope not for you. I really do. Because you are long-suffering and it's, you know, Cleveland and all that. But I think this is a very well-disciplined team. I know, don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about penalty-wise and shit like no, that. No, no, no. I agree with you. I think Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield, they have a hand on this team, and I think everybody kind of respects that. And don't get me wrong, we're nowhere near as, as you know, tight as basically the a military franchise as the Patriots with, with Belichick. But I do think that there is yeah, a lot of respect, and I don't think he would pull any shit like that here in Cleveland. I, here's, what, here's your best hope, that Jarvis Landry keeps him in check. And I think that's the key. They have Landry, and I forgot his name off the top of my head, but they have the wide receivers coach that they worked with at LSU is also on the Browns staff. So a lot of familiar, familiarity, and I think that's great for Odell because, like you said, Juice and Odell are best friends. They they yeah. look out for each other. I think it's great for the two of them. Yeah, I, I, I thought 
when they were looking to move on from him in the Giants, and, and Giant fans still cannot understand why he's not there. It's so amazing to hear these idiots who don't understand what a cancer in a locker room is. That's why Collins isn't there. That's why he's not there. He needed a fresh scenery. He needed a change of scenery. I agree. I mean, we have to look. But he's still a douche. I mean, he's he's one catch. Comes off that way, but is what he did, you know, worse than uh, Earl Thomas flipping off an entire bench? Is it worse than you know? I mean, the list can go on and on of players that have done some (laughs) selfish things, and it kind of gets overlooked because you go, oh well, that's not a wide receiver. That's not a face of the of, of the league. Basically, when you think of the NFL, Odell Beckham's a top five player that you would think of. But I think that's kind of why he gets the bad rap. If he does something like that, he lets his emotions get the best of him. Everyone paints him as some lunatic cancer in the locker room. And, again, you know, look at other players that are doing some shit. Look at Jalen Ramsey right now. Everybody and their brother would be lining up to trade for this guy. And, you know, you're a Patriots fan. I'm a Browns fan. If either of our teams traded for Jalen Ramsey and got him, we would be ecstatic because he's such a talented player. And what he's doing right now, is just as bad, if not worse, as things that Odell's done in the past. He's sitting out practices for what people are assuming are fake injuries. He's demanding trades, you know, things like that. That's a huge distraction for a team, especially when you lose Nick Foles. You have your a rookie quarterback that has no business being on the field and turns out to be great so yeah. far for Gardner Minshew. But, mm-hmm. um, but when you have a guy like that and he's a distraction to the team, nobody's really talking about it because he's just a DB. He's Jalen Ramsey. He's not a face. No, you're right. You're right. You didn't have to go the whole way. He's a DB. He's he's definitely a DB. Um, You know, and all the running backs that held out in the offseason, now they're all back. Nobody thinks twice about it. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Melvin Gordon, no one's even talking about their holdouts anymore. But if Odell did something like that, it would be a huge (laughs) story. I mean, the guy wore a fucking watch, and you would have thought, you know, he had a a, a, a foolproof vest on in the middle of the game. You know what I mean? You know, here's the funniest thing with, with all those guys. And, and going back to Ramsey, I blame LeBron James for all this. I blame the NBA for this. I the do. NBA, I, uh, I, this is like I'm so the NBA culture. Like the NBA culture is – you never thought that would come into the NFL. Like never. No. Nope. It's 53 guys. It's not one. I mean – Look, I live in New York. The fucking Knicks and like, I always thought the NBA needed the Knicks to be good and they would do whatever the fuck they could to make the Knicks good. Obviously, that ain't the fucking point. Poor, right? They don't give a shit. They don't need the Lakers yeah, no. to be good. They don't need the Celtics to be good. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I agree. That's the craziest thing right now with the NBA. Is I was thinking about this the other day. I meant to bring it up on my show, but we didn't have a, time, a chance to get to it. And, you know, the, the NBA season is getting ready to start off. And for me, a Cavs fan, without LeBron here, this team sucks. I'm still a fan. However, I'm not excited at all for the season to start because I know we have zero shot of anything remotely close to a successful season. And like you said, the, the way players are just demanding trades and picking where they're going to get traded and this and that, like, who the fuck is running the show? How are you allowing that? And well, this, like you remember, said, Just, this is the same in the NFL. But I'm sorry. But remember, this is the same league that the owners of the teams are not owners anymore. Yeah, I forgot they had the like, what the f- owners. What <laughs> the fuck is like? How moronically liberal can you get? 
Like this is just I agree. stupid. I, I consider myself pretty liberal as a person. Um, yeah, I'm liberal I mean, with your daughter and conservative with mine. I get it. But yeah, I, I I don't I don't I don't play on one side of the fence politically. Yeah. However, I do like in terms of just world views, I'm very liberal about things. Like if you want to mm-hmm. be a trans, you know, unicorn, whatever, I don't fucking don't care. Don't even walk ahead. Me. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. bother me at all. But in terms of things like this with the PC culture, and you can't even say it's an owner of a team. That's absurd, even for me. That's way too far. That's fucking ridiculous. He, that guy's a billionaire. He, you know, some of them obviously go through inheritance and family wealth and things like that. But other guys, like Dan Gilbert and Mark Cuban, guys that started from nothing and built the, built up their own success, they worked their asses off to be able to have that kind of money and that type of life they lived. So to say they're not the owner of a team, it's like, you know what, LeBron or whoever's complaining about that title, go fuck yourself. I'm worth more than you ever will be. And they shouldn't allow mm-hmm. the players to have so much power, but yet they're doing it because they're terrified of the players, you know, revolting and uh, you know, possibly going on a strike or something like that. So they're bending over backwards for these players, and I think it's going to bite the owners in the, yeah. in the league. It's going to bite them in the ass. Oh, I can't, I can't wait until their next union, that union, uh, Oh, their next man, contract, their next CBA, quite a holdout. It's going to be so much fun to watch. I'm telling you, it's not going to be as fun. I'm right now. I'll put it right here. Baseball is going to have a, a, a lockout soon. You think? Just oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But that's a story. <laughs> we'll keep that one on the back burner. But no, there's no chance that that one doesn't go to. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and like you were saying, your point about the NFL and how players are starting to act like it's the NBA, the way they can demand shit. Yeah, and, that's you know, the one nice thing about the NFL is, as you said, there's 53 men on the roster. So, you know, there's plenty of depth. In the NFL, you're constantly looking for the best talent. You're constantly shuffling your roster. You know, the bottom, like, five guys are always getting cut. You're signing new guys, this and that. Um and then you go towards the NBA, and that's where the NBA has the leverage for the players. You yeah. have, you know, what is it, 12 to 15 men on the roster. You're only yeah, well, there's guaranteed the contracts, too. Right. Yeah, they're getting crazy contracts. You, you need the best of the best because your, your team, the number of players you can have is so, so small compared mm-hmm. to the NFL. So the players have a lot of power. Don't get me wrong, I'm totally against the way they let the players call the shots. They let players demand trades and do crazy shit like that. I just think that's absurd. There should definitely be some strict rules put in place in every major league, uh, whether it be, you know, baseball, football, basketball, whatever. I think every major sport should have some sort of clause where you're not allowed to do shit like that because it really is hurting the game. Me, I used to be a diehard NBA fan. The way they do it now, I really could care less, if I'm being honest, about the season coming up. I don't give a shit about any team. Yeah. You know, the Rockets got Russ Westbrook because, again, he, you know, kind of forced his way out. Yeah. And I, I just hate the way the NBA is. It's not, it's not fun to watch. Well, and, and here's the other thing. In the court of public opinion, you can't do anything if you're these, if you're a GM, you're the coach. The only coach in the NFL that has any – if he does something, it's – all right, we get it. It's Belichick. You're right. It's yeah. military-like. I can't see Freddie Kitchens going, sit the fuck down and shut up. 
I mean, Jesus Christ, they made a big deal out of it in Chicago when Matt Nagy told Mitchell Chuberski to bear down and shut the fuck up. Like, what <laughs> the fuck world are we living in that you can't tell a grown-ass man to shut the fuck up? Now, it's been behind closed doors because when he talks to the media, he is very, you know, laughable and, you know, cracking some jokes. From what I've heard from reporters, they say that when Freddie talks to the team, you know, post-game and, and behind closed doors, well, I'm he, sure the pain he, fucking he feels off the lose. Yeah, yeah, they said that he, he's he's kind of like Belichick in a way that, you know, I mean, he, he learned from Nick Saban, so, you know, they, they, they're they all kind of stemmed from the, the same tree Belichick a little bit. Too. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. They all kind of run kind of the similar uh, boot camps, if you will. But, yeah, from what I've heard, Freddie Kitchens behind closed doors uses very colorful language. He's not afraid to tell a guy how it is and, you know, what the deal is. Yeah. But he just doesn't have the same personality as Belichick. You know, or, 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 he, like that. or he doesn't have enough, you know, in the savings account yet to start doing using. You know, like that he – yeah. Like, he don't have enough collateral there. Yeah, he don't have enough collateral in that bank account to be like, okay. But you know what? I mean, if you're still renting, you you better not talk to him like that. You better wait till you're buying. Yeah, I mean, look at Matty P P on Detroit last year. Oh, they hate Matt Patricia. No, he wanted to get his own fucking guys in there. Yeah. He had to get guys in there that weren't pieces of shit. And, he's, and that's the funny thing is that a lot of people aren't talking about the, the Lions this year, but they gave him a year to build what he wanted, make mm-hmm. some adjustments, and the Lions are fucking legit, honest to God. I mean, they held their own against Kansas City. I thought they were kind of a fluke team, and it turns out the Lions are a pretty damn good football team. And, you know, that's what it takes sometimes. We're so impatient, and it, it's happening in every sport where you want instant gratification, but sometimes well, it doesn't work that way. And, you know, yeah, you've got to look at Detroit. The Pistons, but look at Detroit right now. The Pistons suck. The Red Wings suck. The Tigers suck. All right, we got the football team. You know, like exactly. Here's the funny thing. Nobody, if you listen to Boston sports media until June 15th, you had no idea the Red Sox couldn't save a fucking lead. They could not hold the lead. Their bullpen was tricked. You had no idea because of the Bruins. Yeah, exactly. There's always something to kind of look back on. And that's, I mean, that even happened in Cleveland for a while. You have the Indians going to the World Series. You have the Cavs always in the finals. The Cavs won a championship. Meanwhile, the Browns are just sucking. Nobody's talking about it that much because it's just like, yeah, it's the Browns. We had an 0-16 season. You know, we were going through head coaches like they were on fire, quarterbacks, everything. You know, same old bullshit. Don't get me wrong, it's been 20 years, so it's not that new. But, yeah, there's always – something terrible happening in one city with some sports, at least one team, but you hope to have that one other piece that's going to kind of bring everybody up. You know, it's like, you really think about it, like you had the year, was it the fucking chicken and beer year with the Red Sox? Wasn't that like right around the time that Aaron Hernandez killed somebody? They got fucking, they let them off the hook for that. And then, yeah, you know, it was. yeah it was, it, it, nobody cared about that because other stories like, came out. It was like, eh, that guy was killing people, whatever. The Super yeah. Bowl rings still count. The team's still good. Next man up. Yeah. And, and like, you really look at it, like, in, in New York, like, it feel, how do you think it is? Like, you look at, like, the Mets today, like, with Fire and Mickey Callaway. That yeah. doesn't even move the needle here because the Yankees are in the playoffs. Nobody's talking about it. Exactly. Nobody's talking about it. You have. You have two sports stations going on. 
I mean, obviously no one cares about the Knicks, so that's not getting talked about at all. Um, did the Rangers get that Capo uh, or however you say his name? Yeah, but nobody cares about hockey here. Like if the Boston Bruins got Jack Hughes, right? If the Boston Bruins are the number one pick in the draft, you would know it up there because people care about hockey. Nobody gives a shit about hockey in New York. You okay, got three right. teams. Nobody cares. I know a couple people that that are fans of the the Rangers, but I didn't know if they were, uh, like if it was big. I honestly have no idea. I, I'll tell you right now, the only way hockey moves the needle here is if a team's in the Stanley Cup final. And they better be up three games to none for somebody to give a shit about it. No shit. Okay. I, I would have thought that it was a little bit bigger because, I mean, I don't have a, we don't have a, a major league hockey team here in Cleveland. So, for me, it's, this is totally out of my element. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, you go to Boston, every game's on the radio. Every game's on television. The Devils, who, let's face it, have been very successful for the last 25 years, Okay, granted, yeah, they've had absolutely. six years of, like, they haven't been. Their games aren't even on the radio anymore. They're not a kidding. fucking app. Like, mind-boggling to me that it is what it is, but nobody gives a shit about hockey here. The Nets are the story. The Yankees are the story. Sam Darnold fucking getting mono and strep throat in the same week doesn't even get talked about. The right, throat and part then, of it. then you get a rookie quarterback for the Giants, and all of a sudden that's the biggest thing since play spread going on. Oh, and there. he was and he was shit. They didn't want him at all. They wanted right. Dwayne Haskins. They wanted right. fucking Bo Callahan, and not. <laughs> I, I I mean seriously, like, I can't believe because I work around people every night. I can't believe we didn't draft Dwayne Haskins. Dude, the guy fucking had people pay to hang out with him. That motherfucker's Bo Callahan. <laughs> huh? I, uh, Sorry. I mean, yeah, I, I agree completely with the, uh, the flavor of the week, if you will. You have <laughs> you have the, the, the Giants took Daniel Jones. Everyone was pissed about it for a day or two. Then it kind of went away. Then the season starts. No one's talking about anything. Giants related, and they bench Eli. Boom! Giants are the talk of the town. Yeah, well, that's because the Yankees clinched so fucking early. True. Yeah, you guys had a couple of a slow weeks going on. You know, and, and yet, not not adding just the Daniel Jones thing. That draft pick that everybody killed on fucking the fan and, and everything. But the fan is the only like you have two sports radio stations in New York. Only one's local all day long. ESPN is like half national, half local. Okay. Right. They killed the Saquon Barkley draft pick, and be goddamned if you don't go anywhere and not see a Saquon Barkley jersey around here. It's like going to fucking State College, Pennsylvania. I mean, that's insane. If they were questioning the Saquon Barkley pick, I mean, that was a no-brainer. Oh no, they wanted to draft the quarterback. Kid, just I'm telling you, not having the draft in New York, you missed out on this. I, I honestly, I don't have a pulse on New York sports anymore. <laughs> I got you, kid. That's what I'm here for. I haven't been um, to New York since the last time the draft was there, so it's been, you know, what, five years or something like that? Yeah. But I, I'm telling you, if you really look at just the New York aspect of this, uh, Danny Dimes, I don't know who the fuck gave him that nickname. I've never heard that before, but good for him. He's got a nickname. Well, did you, Fucking, you, didn't, you didn't hear the, the story behind that nickname? 
No, I haven't. Uh, do I want to hear it? Or do, yeah, yeah, I mean, you've met me before. Yeah. It also kind of sounds like an urban legend, like a little bit of a folk tale. Uh, the <laughs> story is, I forgot exactly what it was. Uh, Eli Manning had him, like, eat a roll of dimes or something like that or something fucking crazy, some stupid story. That's the rumors I heard the other day. I don't know how, if there's any accuracy to it, but they said that's the fucking story behind it. <laughs> I could see Eli Manning doing that. That's the funny thing. Right, I mean that that's cool with me. I like that. <laughs> hey, haze the shit out of him. I don't care. Um But no, but like you really look at like just look at the Giants. I I mean, let's take the other New York team into this. The Buffalo Bills are three and oh. They beat the a, a quarterback with mono. Right? Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, the, week one. They beat the Eli Manning Giants doesn't count. Yep. And they played the Bungles. Who are up there with the Dolphins as the worst team in the league. Yeah, they're like they're up there in the like leaders in the substitute department. They're I mean, ready I like think I mean they held their own for, you know, most of the game against the Patriots, the Bills did. Um I think they're going to be coming back to reality soon. I mean, you're, you're, they're probably without Josh Allen again this week. And I don't know. I, I They're a pretender team, in my opinion. I don't think the Bills are legit. I really – I'm not a fan of Josh Allen. And no, I, the, longer, I, the longer he's out, I think it's actually more beneficial to the Bills. I actually thought that the thing that helped him out was putting Matt Barkley in the game, and that's not saying much. He but was that, great. I mean, don't get me wrong. They weren't – you know, there was zero game planning for him. Mm-hmm. Um, going into that game, obviously, because you know you don't really prep for the backup. But uh, yeah, he he really did come out and hold. He held his own. He kept that offense moving. He gave them. But a you know Belichick does. Allen did. Yeah, but you know Belichick does. You know he he game oh, plans for the uh, backup. That guy's prepared for the fucking <laughs> reserve kicker to come in and play quarterback. I'm sure he's got some sort of game plan for everybody. You know, and that's the funniest thing. Like, but now here. Because I've asked people this, and look, I'm a Patriot Homer Hawk, all right? There's nothing that organization can do wrong in my eyes. I'm okay with our 80-year-old owner going out and getting hand jobs. Hey, Who I am too. Him? You can still get it up. You, know, you, <laughs> that you have that kind of money. Whatever help you need to get it off, do it. Right. Even what 80-year-olds shouldn't be walking around with loaded guns. You know what I mean? That's right. What did you think of that hit that Allen took? About what's that? What did you think about the hit that Allen took? Um, what do you mean? Did I think it was dirty? One, dirty. Two, should there have been suspensions or any other thing or fines? Like, No, I don't think so. I mean, I've seen some nasty hits in the NFL, and that one to me wasn't even like a, a second thought, if I'm being honest. That, was just, that one looked like a football play to me. Like, to me, when I was watching it live, I go, oh, maybe he should, like, slide or something. And it's, then that's what, the problem with him. He plays so reckless. It's the same thing with, like, you know, back in the day, you'd see RG3 take these vicious hits, and you'd see other quarterbacks taking these crazy hits. And it's like, you know, the NFL has gone out of their way to prevent you from taking hits like that. They allow you to slide, and you're down without getting touched. You know, you mm-hmm. can step out of bounds. There are so many options for you to avoid getting hurt that extra half yard that you might get from staying up on your feet is not worth a concussion or a broken bone or anything like that that's going to more so hurt your team. 
just fucking go down. Why are these quarterbacks so stupid? Yeah, I, I it was Brady does like a weekly thing with one of the Boston sports stations, and they were like, "Well, what do you think about it?" He goes, "I learned really early not to go doing that." Exactly. Yep. Every quarterback should, should have that drilled in their brain: take as few hits as possible. That's the bottom line as a quarterback. You need to be on the field to help your team. And then there's these idiots that go out there running like crazy, and then they're trying spin moves and breaking tackles. Like, just fucking take the yardage, live to play another down. Yeah, and the other thing I I, I don't get is he's the one that lowered his helmet. He's the one that initiated contact. Exactly. You can tell the Patriot defenders, like, I ain't giving him no fucking 15 free yards. Fuck that. I don't want to get shooting my ass chewed out by the old man. Exactly, but at the end of the day, too, when you're you know when you're in a split decision moment like that, you, you just go for the hit. You got to make the tackle. You got to make the play. Yeah. And if a guy's running with the ball, I don't care you know if he's the quarterback, running back, whatever. If an offensive lineman picks up the ball, if they're coming at you, your job as a defender is to hit them, try to knock the ball loose, and you know of course 100% make the tackle is your main objective. So whether it's Josh Allen, whether it's Frank Gore, whoever. You just make the tackle. You go for a nice, hard yeah. NFL hit. You make the tackle. And yeah, you were. like you said, I, I blame it on Josh Allen. You could have easily split. Yeah. Actually, and, and you really look at the whole thing, it's just it's fucking do your job. Fuck, I, I love that motto. I mean, that's the best thing you can say in football. Just do your job. If everyone does their job, your team should win. That, that's the bottom yeah. line. Hey, speaking of not doing your job, um, is, is it safe to say that Michigan State is now backup QBU? Yeah. Because uh, everyone in their quarterback sucks. It, yeah, they seem to they, they seem to have a trend where they get quarterbacks that people love, flavor of the week type thing. They look great. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're going to be amazing in the NFL or whatever, and then they go on to be backups. And then when they start to get a little bit of the, a uh, little bit of starting uh, gameplay in there, their true colors come out and they fucking blow 99% of the time. And you know, Cousins obviously is no different. He couldn't avoid the curse of Michigan State. Um, who the fuck was that kid a couple of years ago that that I think Oakland drafted him? Uh, that everybody loved. They thought he was going to be the best quarterback coming out of the draft. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Stafford? Um, no, no, no. The one that uh, I think Oakland took him literally just maybe two years ago, something like that. Um, can't remember his name. But I mean, that's how irrelevant he is as a player that I can't even remember him. But he was so bad, and everyone was trying to – maybe it was Connor Cook. Is that who I'm thinking of? Oh, yeah, Connor Cook. I remember him. Yeah, he was coming yeah. out, and everybody was trying to say, like, oh, we're hearing some strong rumblings. He might be a first-round pick and this and that. And, he's, you know, people are saying he's the best quarterback in the class. And I'm just sitting back watching going, what the fuck do these people see that to make them think that that's an actual possibility? And then he gets drafted. He plays a little bit. He was terrible. And you've never you heard know, of him since. I don't, even, I don't even know if he's still in the league, to be honest. That's how little I paid attention to him. I don't even feel like Googling him to figure out where the fuck yeah, he is. not worth it. But, I feel like if I typed in Connor Cook on Google, it would be like, are you sure you want to search for this? Did you mean to put in UJS Cock or something? Like, well, that usually yeah. shows up in, like, autofills. I, I yeah, it's for you, yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah but, I mean, Minnesota sucks. That contract is so stupid. They should have never done it. 
I mean, I'm happy it happened to another team because, you know, you know, you, you're a Patriots fan, so every year is a championship contending year. For me as a Browns fan, I look at this as at least a playoff contending year. But, of course, if you make the playoffs, that's the first step. And then any given Sunday or playoff instances, any given Saturday even, anything can happen. So as I look at the Browns, the potential future championship contender, Minnesota takes a step back. That's great. I look at that as a win-win. That's one less team I have to worry about playing. Yeah. And and you really look at it like and start to even consider it like that situation in Minnesota, I don't see how that ends up well for anybody. You got Now you got Stephon Diggs, who's all world up there. He ain't practiced for some whatever reason. Yeah, it is. And feeling, too. I mean, those are two of the best receivers in football. Yeah, and then and then the best part of it is, is you got Matt Sta- um, Kirk Cousins going on his radio show or whatever show. He's like, "Well, Adam Thielen's the best receiver in football," and Stephon Diggs is going, "Wait, wait, the fuck? What? What? Who the fuck's he talking about? <laughs> that motherfucker didn't catch the Minnesota Miracle and fuck give me Gordon Bombay's nickname. Like, what the fuck? I think that had to do more so with just trying to mend." Expenses because of Thielen's comments from the other day. Um, I think Cousins was just trying to save face and come out and act like, oh, no, 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 there's no risk between Thielen and I and this and that. And I, I think the Stefan Diggs drama, if you will, is kind of blown out of proportion. Um, I think he's more so upset at just how poor the team is playing overall. I don't necessarily think it's him being pissed about his individual statistics. If that is the case, then, you know, shame on him because football is the ultimate team sport, as we said. So if, if Diggs is really just being pissy because he's not getting enough touches, I was listening to local radio here in Cleveland, and, you know, they talk a little bit of everything, and they were they were brushing on the uh, the Minnesota drama, and they're saying, well, they're a run-first team now with Dalvin Cook, so they're not getting as many touches, and Stefan Diggs is pissed off about that and blah, blah, blah. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think he's more than okay with whatever happens as long as they're winning. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just think that it's more so he's frustrated with just how poor the entire passing game is because you can't be a one-dimensional team. And that goes along with what Adam Thielen said. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, he basically said that you, you need to be able to, to operate on all aspects of the game. You can't just be a run team. You have to be able to run, mix up a pass, you know, here and there. And right now they can't do that. I think it's just overall frustration for the entire team. I don't think it's an individual statistics, selfish player type thing going on. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but that's my two cents on the, on the subject. You know, and this is not – this is like one of those times where you're – like three weeks ago, you're looking at this game. All right, so even if you're 2-2 two and two going into this game, you got the Giants. The Giants defense can't stop anybody. Correct. Now, all of a sudden, all right, so they look better in the second half against Tampa Bay, except for the last drive, which really if old, good old B.A. down there doesn't tell yeah, games, I mean, put the ball in the middle of the field. Like, put the ball in the middle of the field, and, like, every one of his kicks is leaking right. Like, why are we doing this? Put that motherfucker on the left hash. Let it go right through. But yeah. then they go out and play the Redskins, who are – they're in that, where we go, Dolphins, Bungles, Redskins, 
And the Redskins thing is not even getting talked about. And they're lucky because all the other drama is going around. The Jalen Ramsey shit's going around. The now this Minnesota thing's going around. The A.B. stuff was going around. Their coaching staff does not like the quarterback that the owner drafted. Now, yeah, there's not Jerry Jones. Like, yeah, and, and the problem with that, though, is, you know, the owner's going to get the final say. So, right now you have Jay Gruden, who's, who came out this week, and they asked him what's the quarterback situation, and he said, I, he, he straight up said, we don't have a plan right now. <laughs> so, it's funny to me that you're a professional. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure they have a plan. He wasn't, he wasn't serious when he said it, but it's kind of truthful in a sense of where he probably really doesn't know exactly who they're going to start, but they have plans for any of the three. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a shit situation for Dwayne Haskins. You come in as a rookie, you're a first round pick, you're expected to be the future face of the franchise. And you have a coach that didn't want you. They're not playing you. The team overall is garbage. You have Trent Williams, one of the best tackles in football, holding out He's because awesome. he hates the team uh, doctors. You have the worst owner in, in football in, in Dan Snyder. So it's a shit situation for everybody involved in Washington. And there were rumors going into last week's game that Gruden was kind of on the hot seat. And what's a shame is I think they stand zero chance against the Patriots this week. And, uh, you know, regardless of who they start at quarterback, I think they stand no chance. And that's the sad part is they're probably going to use this game well, I, I wouldn't say sad because, I mean, I'm not a Redskins fan, so Jay Gruden can go fuck himself. But if they choose to use this game as the, as the example, the straw that broke the camel's back, and they fire him, I mean, I think that looks even worse as a franchise because if you're firing your coach because they lost to New England, then shame on you because everybody should be firing their coaches then because New England looks like an unstoppable force. And it pains me to say that because, A, you're a fan of them, and I don't like hyping up other people's teams. <laughs> and B, I'm a Browns fan. So, again, fuck the Patriots. But, you know, I, I call a spade a spade. Patriots are the best team in football, hands down. I mean, they're fucking dominant. Then uh, there's a reason they went out and signed A.B. There really is. And there's a reason why Kraft and Belichick aren't thrilled, or Belichick and Brady aren't thrilled that Kraft got rid of A.B. Even though A.B., please, fucking like the president, take the fucking phone away from him. We are here. Exactly. Give us the so how does this guy not have family that can go, hey, give me all your social media shit. We're going to lock you out because we need to figure out your next move for your career. Stop using your fucking phone and talking to people. You know, how does he not have legal representation and managers and agents, people that are going to get in his ear and say, hey, dummy, stop fucking putting shit out there that's going to get us in deeper water. You need to be in the league. That's how because, we get paid. Because his agent is pissed that he lost whatever the fuck he lost. On. Yeah, that huge, I mean, the bonus he was supposed to get. Yeah, like he, he's pissed because he lost them both now. He lost like 60, $50 million in the span of like three weeks. Yeah, but, something like that. I, I thought I thought he's getting ready to file a lawsuit for I think it was, what, $61 million? Yeah, good luck something trying like to win that one. Exactly. Be. I mean, he stands snowball's chance in hell. Yeah, that's why I think the Patriots want him. I think that's why Brady and them put in so much work with him, because they're like, oh, this is is the one thing. And I remember being at that draft with you in 07 when they traded for Randy Moss, and Hicks goes, fuck, they're going undefeated now. And I'm like, shut up. No, they're not. I I remember I said that. 
You said it too. Draft, but I, yeah, throughout the year, I was like, this, they're not going to lose a fucking game. Who's beating this team? Yeah, well, um, Mike Carey did. <laughs> yeah. Douchebag. But, <laughs> like, you really – and then, you know, you go down to, to Dallas and you look at that situation with not paying Dak yet, and that's Jerry Jones going – Hey, um, we know what you were without Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I, I hate Jerry Jones. I think he's an idiot. Uh, I think he's in over his head with the way he runs the Cowboys. But I do, I will give him credit on this one. This is actually a, a smart move because I, I too, I, I, I agree with you. I think Dak Prescott is um, very, the word, very mediocre, mediocre quarterback. In the words of this week's guest on Talking About Ball, he's overrated I'm sorry, as hell. I'm sorry, it broke up. Say again. I said, in the words of the guest of Talking About Balls this week, he's overrated as hell. He really is. I mean, he, he gets all the credit in the world, and that's why they had to sign Zeke before the season started because, like you said, Jerry Jones was like, we're fucked if we don't have Zeke out there. That's our whole offense we have to get this guy back because we're screwed without him. I think Dak Prescott is a serviceable quarterback. He is going to protect the ball. 